Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Okay, it's Anna David here with After Party Pod, the podcast all about addiction and recovery. If you're new to the show, I welcome you with open arms and an open heart because that is what recovery is about, right? I I try really hard not to be earnest, but I said it in a very not earnest way. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I'm recording this. It's the Friday... Uh, afternoon, late afternoon before the holiday madness starts. Madness, I don't know. It's really empty and a little creepy around this office, but that's what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. I got a little holiday blues this week. I, I was really proud of myself because, I mean, well, truthfully, and I don't mean to jinx myself, this has been a really good year. Um, and... I figured I'm going to ride that through the holidays. It's, you know, it's holiday blues. Like, what's that? Then it started to set in a little bit this week. It's definitely just, God, that compare and despair thing and that, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Do you know? Anyway, um, what do I have to tell you? I I do want to talk about, before I get to the guest, I do want to talk about some emails because they've been so nice and so good. And, um, I wanted to call out to an email we got about the Patty Powers episode. Um, she heard us talking about the hyenas hookers and the program that, uh, Patty is involved in and, um, and she lives there. And so she wants to get involved, which is amazing. And, and she, and she talks about this podcast in her support groups, which I love. And by the way, I got another one. This was on Facebook, um, where a lovely girl called this the best podcast of the year. Yep. You heard it here. Um, and that she shared about it in her, uh, meeting, which is, Awesome. Um, God, I love that. And then and then another one from a wonderful woman in who's who lives in the Bay Area, which is where I'm from and where I'm going next week. And guess what? We're gonna go hang out, go to a meeting together. What do you think of that? I, whenever I go home, I don't know what you guys do, but I go home and I become a blob. I mean, I, I eat and I regress and I uh go nowhere don't shower. I mean, I guess all the telltale signs of a depression, but, uh, but it's just weird. I don't really do self-care. And, um, and I used to go to meetings when I would go home and, but I kind of hated them. Uh, you know, I didn't know the good ones and I don't buy into that. There's no such thing as a bad meeting because I've been to plenty. And, and so, you know, she and I were emailing and I just sort of thought "Mm, she lives there. She's going to know about good meetings. So that's going to happen. That's exciting. I'll tell you guys about it next time. Now, my guest today is Aaron Akins, a very talented musician who I have known through most of my sobriety. His bio is pro- is about three pages, so I can't summarize it, but uh, go to his website, God Made Women Beautiful, and learn more about Aaron Akins. Ugh, I'm trying. Okay, God Made Women Beautiful was considered for a Grammy. Yeah. Uh, he's been a featured performer at the annual music benefit concert and awards gala of the American society of young musicians, which is a sentence that's hard to say without taking a breath in the middle. And he, he's worked with all sorts of impressive people and, and he's got an interesting story. And you know, the thing about him 
he doesn't come across as a funny guy upon first glance. I've always found him really funny. And it's, we get into that. Like, why do I find him funny when he's not trying to be funny? And there are all sorts of people that are trying to be funny, but there's something about the way he talks. It's very matter of fact. And he's very, he always seems to be a little bit surprised by his, uh, alcoholic thinking. When he shouldn't be, I hear him talk about it every day, you know, but that's how it goes. So anyway, uh, happy holidays, you guys. Oh, God, I think I'm going to release this after the new year. Ha, we're through it. Wasn't so bad. Anyway, whenever this is released, uh, thanks for listening. This is Aaron Akins. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh, my God. I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as right. I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? So I'm starting. So Aaron, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I've known you for years now. Yeah. How long has it been? I know it's been over 10 years. Uh, no, it hasn't been over 10 years. Yeah, it's been, yeah. Christ. Yeah, it's, yeah. So we met when we had uh, around the same amount of time. We're going to go into the whole thing. Right. And I always found you to be a very wise and yet funny person when talking about I'm recovery. shocked by that. I'm I know, you're always that, shocked by that. Every so time I tell you, you're shocked. Yeah, and I was just telling my best friend, who's like really close to me, I said, there's this girl, her name is Anna, and she, <laughs> she thinks, thinks I'm funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you are. Because God, so, it's like you're not trying to be. You're definitely not trying to be. But you have this ironic way of talking about this it's almost like, you know how you're constantly surprised that I tell you I think you're funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I'm genuinely... I not mean, trying to be. No, I mean, I don't know if it's because... Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's because you're just so cute and I think, well, it's Anna who's super cute who's telling me she's funny. And oh. now I'm like... Oh, so no, people I don't know. have told you. So well, but here's my point. Yeah. Here's my point. You are shocked every time I say it. It's like you've never heard it before. <laughs> have you noticed I'm shocked every time? Every time. You, I'm you, genuinely you, not even you, playing. I'm shocked. No, I know. And, and I feel like maybe that's what I find so interesting and kind of amusing about the way you talk about recovery because it's like you're shocked every time you have a realization <laughs> about our disease. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm also just surprised that you recognize that because I don't... Re- Although we we, we don't know each other, each other well, well at all, I, we know each other, but not. It's not like we hang like out. hung out, like yeah. seriously hung out. Yeah. We've chatted in passing, but yeah. I think I'm just surprised that you picked that up because I I have had people yeah. in the past say, "Dude, you because my friend is actually a comedian, right, professionally. Right. I'm a professional singer songwriter and actor and actor. Yeah, yeah. Why don't I have See, because you're thing. constantly shocked by this <laughs> stuff. That you already know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's something about the way you talk. Like, there are a lot of things you've said that stick in my mind. And and I think they're funny, too, because I I relate to them. Like, I remember you talking once about about how um, you had, like, something you brought your sponsor or whatever. And then you started to think, well, I don't think he likes me very much. You know, in (laughs) fact, I think he hates me or whatever. And it's so weird that just yesterday he asked me if I would do him a favor and speak at this big... Yeah. Meeting. Can, can, can we use... Whatever you want to use. We can use profanity? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. really? Speak- Thanks so much. That helps me out so much yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, that's, you know, three quarters of my vocabulary. Is from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Profanity, I've I never can't. heard you. I don't you think haven't? you swear that much. No, I actually days. don't, but I... But you want uh, to right now and feel I free. want to. Yeah, I, I, it would make me feel... You feel comfortable. comfortable. That's what we want. To be able... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that we've had all this build up, what are you right. gonna how are you gonna swear? Um, I probably won't. I just okay. you I just, just wanted enjoyed, the freedom. I just wanted to know that I could. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm invariably it's gonna come out. Yeah, and you don't wanna feel weird. Yeah. yeah. So I just don't want your fans to go, Man, he sure cursed a lot. Yeah, like, why is she having of, why is she having that swearer yeah, what, on? What kind of guests do you have in here? There are plenty of people who swear, including myself. Although I'll tell you I don't know if I well, the, I haven't heard the, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, and it's always <laughs> Q 
cute. Like, <laughs> like great. Anna, that's the so guy, great. You're swearing. That's the guy so I've been seeing mentioned the other day that he, I say the F word a lot. He's like, it's not bad. I've just noticed you say it. And so and so I, I made an effort in the last... He's just said it a couple days ago. So I've made an effort in the last couple of days. Really? To not, yeah. But, he, but it, does it bother him? No. It's just he's like, just I just noticed. Out that yeah. You, not swearing you just general, tell him, just like, the F-word. You know, I, I'll stop hanging around Aaron and I'll stop saying the yeah. F-word. It's, no, it's, it's rubbing swear. off. I feel that when you share and talk, you think very deliberately about your words. Wouldn't you say that's true? I am still, once again, surprised. at you, Anna. I'm very shocked <laughs> and surprised. Maybe you're paying more attention than... Than you think I am. Than I think, maybe. I, I will, I'll tell you, I'm not going to make this about me at all, because no. it's about you. I'm going to continue to throw it right back about you, no matter how much you make it about Look, me. Look, that's my dream come true, so <laughs> But, like, I'll tell you something. I am very not visually oriented. I, I will meet people over and over again. I don't remember their face. Like, I don't remember directions. I am so tuned, because all my attention is on what people say and how they talk and wh- how I'm interpreting it. So I, I think I picked that up with a lot of people. I mean, that's just sort of what I do. I wish I could have it more visual. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm so honored that you asked me to come here and talk to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I, wow, it's just, it's just different. That's all I can say. It's what do you mean? Once again, it's just surprising. Okay, to- what would life be like if you weren't constantly surprised? <laughs> Life would be like a person who's not constantly surprised. I mean, yeah. I think it is what it is. I'm. I mean, I'm not. I mean, it sounds like I'm constantly surprised. You're not. I, I'm not. I think I'm. And I live in a lot of intrigue. Yeah. Like I'm intrigued a lot. Yeah. And especially now because yeah. I had some experience with sobriety yeah. before. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. And now I um, I'm having a totally different experience with it. Let's talk about that. Well, I I believe that when you can hear, you can't hear something until you can hear it. Yep. Which is a you know another shocking yeah thing. Um, I'm hearing a lot more. Uh, I think it's because I'm using certain specific tools to um, to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, like like. I guess this is this is talk about everything. Just God, talk about in, everything. including God. Yeah, as much as you want. Well, I include God with. Uh, I ask God to let me hear. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't I just ask Him? Let me hear what Anna is asking me right, right. now, God, so I can, so we can have a, a good uh, rapport here. Yeah. If you you know direct my thinking, right? My thoughts, my ideas. I, you know, I can go on emotions, feelings. Right. Spirit, God, to let me hear uh, what Anna's saying if mm-hmm. she if she so decides to ask me a question now that I'm here being interviewed by right. her. Right? Does it happen that automatically? Is that why? Is that maybe why I think you're a very deliberate speaker because you're sort of pausing and asking for guidance and help before you speak? I think I've yeah. This particular time around, as opposed to last time, I, I yeah. do it a lot because. Um, there's something in um, in our program mm-hmm. um, that says um, we have a warped mind. Mm-hmm. It says glass in hand. I warp my mind, mm-hmm. and it occurred to me. <clears throat> okay, so let me let me wrap my head around this warped mind thing, mm-hmm. right? So what about a warp record? Let's kind of use an example of what a warp mind would be like. Right. A warp record when you know the old school warp oh, albums yeah. when you put, you put the needle the on it. Or in the sun, if it gets warped, yeah, it, yeah. if it gets warped like that, it won't play. Right. But if it's warped, I think when the needle is on, it it will go in the groove and then it'll skip when it gets to the warp side. Yeah. Or it just won't play. Right. Nonetheless, it doesn't work. Right. And so, womp womp, I have a mind that's been warped by alcohol and drugs. Right. And now it doesn't work except with what we know as uh divine um uh how is it used not Uh, intervention not divine intervention but um a power we need a power greater than ourselves yeah it's it there's another way of saying it though um it's okay the way you said it is good yeah it's, it's, it's just a. I need a power yeah 
to, for me, I believe to to hear mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and to read things. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, just on my own warped mind, mm-hmm. I can't. How could I hear or read or understand if the mind is not working? Right. That's the that's the question at large. Do you believe the mind ever starts working? Correctly? With, with the power. I believe. Only with the power. Even 15 I, I, for, years. For me. Yeah. For me, with what I have, which I called, what, which I call alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, only with the power. Mm-hmm. Um, and how often do you have to connect with that? Right now. Every second? There is one who has all power. Yeah. That one is God. Watch, wait for it. May you find him now. Right. Why now? Right. What is now? Uh-oh, now is now. Yeah. Some wise ass says now is now. Yeah. So right now, you and I are sitting across from each other. Yeah. Right? But you you have to have moments and hours uh, where you're not able to do that because the, there's just not time. Hmm. The old not time. So how long does it take to <laughs> to say, God, can but I be it, with you but every and direct second, my thing? You're not doing that every second. That's impossible. Or maybe you are. I'm doing a, a lot more than, right. than I have before. Yeah. And yes, I'm human. I forget. Mm-hmm. Because a part of our disease is forgetting, as you know. Yeah. yeah. Right? There's a big, you know, it's been even said, what, uh, for ism, incredibly short memory. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, for ism, I sabotage myself. You know, I've never heard that. You haven't? No. I know you like it, though, don't I you? I do like it a Have lot. Have you ever Please. sabotaged anything? Oh, okay, I don't like think so. You don't look like you have. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. It's, it's weird. Um, I was telling somebody today, uh, there's a sober friend of mine who works in this office. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came by, and um, I was telling him just that... that I'm so, my alcoholic thinking has been so at bay for a long time. And it's back these last couple of days with a vengeance and it's brutal. It's there every second. And I want to tear everything down because everything seems, even though I know it isn't, horrible. Yeah, that's the cunning, baffling, and powerful. Yeah. Because you've had some great things happen in your life, right? Many. And I'm having great things happen right now. It doesn't. It doesn't mean the alcoholic thinking goes isn't away. There. Yeah. It's, it's there, and there, and therefore, that's a good idea to go to the power now. Because even today, when I the first thing you said was when I walked up was you were kind of going through something. Yeah. Well, it's also it's just been one of these nightmares. I had a virus on my computer. I went to Verizon to buy this thing, and the, I didn't have my ID because I left it here because I got a moving violation that I had to deal with. I mean, it's just been sort of one thing after another. Um, See, what I feel about this one thing after another thing is yeah. I, I know what I know how that works. If I if I stub my toe and yeah. I go what fuck yeah right now that energy yes. I put that energy out in vibration yes and all day I'm just. Stuff's happening. So true. I have to nip that in the bud right away. That's a whole nother thing I'm doing. This whole vibrational, high vibrational thing. Yeah. Just trying to stay feeling good. Whatever it takes. If that means... Doing that, <laughs> serious. Yeah, no, freak. I know it, it was freaked just a you out. Loud, yeah. It was a little loud. It's well, okay. It's but, okay. I mean, but, you need but, to do that. But it made me right. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I. Um, it's that, weird that you. Sh- doing that. If, it's weird you should say that because I was you know kind of having all this stuff go on this morning and I went to the Verizon store and I couldn't get a spawn front in the rain and da 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 and I and I was like they may not be open because it was nine thirty and I started to get all spun and I was like. Okay, so that's your biggest problem, right? That you may have to come back later, right? And you know, I was able to. They sort call of that be like, King Baby, uh, Doctor Harry Tebow. Yeah, who's mentioned in the yeah. back of the big book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he studied the first hundred alcoholics, and he was Bill Wilson's friend when Bill Wilson started Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. And he asked Bill Wilson if he could study the first hundred alcoholics. He said yes, and what. Dr. Harry Tebow found out about alcoholics collectively is they all have what's called um, a king baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want what they want when they want it. Mm-hmm. And when they don't get what they want, 
they act like a baby. Mm-hmm. You have any experience with that? None. <laughs> That's what, when I, sorry, now, when I had to go to court last week for this traffic thing, mm-hmm. I was like so upset. And then I had this epiphany. I was like, oh, this is what people do. They go to tra- like they don't get spun out. They just go to traffic court. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it is this like alcoholism. I do feel like is this like, but but I can't. I, mean, I can't deal with that. I, right. You know. You're not like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. King You're baby. not a worker among workers. So let's talk about the first time that you did drugs and drank and all that stuff. The first, very first yeah. time. Yeah. Like uh, the very first time. Yeah. First of all, I'm not sure if I remember the yes, first time. Right. I remember when I, I was about 16, mm-hmm. um, and I had older bro- I have older brothers, mm-hmm. and they kind of drank. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I watched them drink, so I kind of wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, you know, I don't want to age myself, but Wild Irish Rose was the okay, just the bullshit cheap as wine, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I remember drinking, like, they used to call them bricks. It was like a brick. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I drank, if not all of that, most of it. And I I just fell out on my buddy's couch in his basement, and they just left me. Mm -hmm. And I was just there Mm -hmm. uh, sleeping it off. Mm -hmm. So that was a... Should have been a sign, but no. But did you wake up the next morning and go, that was fun, I want to do that again? No. I just... I didn't think that deeply about it. Yeah. I just thought I was drunk and yeah. I drank too much. Yeah. So I didn't really relate that to, oh, I might be an alcoholic. I, but you thought it was fun or you wouldn't have done it again. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, because I was only 16. I, yeah. You know, I just thought this is what kids do. Yeah. And then when did you start doing it regularly? Always. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, I've always drank, but, uh, you know, I went through high school. I played sports. I was the captain of my high school team. Uh-huh. But we would drink after practice. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I went to college. I played college-level basketball. I, you know, uh, was in the music department. I got a degree in music business. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've always kind of drank mm-hmm. and did a little drugs. And when did the drugs start in? The drugs started um, after... Well, there was a little drugs the whole time, but not seriously. Like not... pot. Pot? Pot. You know yeah, what pot marijuana. is. marijuana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I smoked pot. So when did you get into the harder drugs? <sighs> um, I think... About 1990 mm-hmm. is when um, I first smoked crack. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? Oh yes, my God. you're supposed to say I'm that. I'm supposed to talk, let everybody know, Aaron. Are you cool with that? Wonderful Aaron. I just, I'm just a good person who uh, yeah. who smoked crack before. So are hundreds of people I know. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can keep this more, you know, on the general tip if you don't want to get specific about it. I can find it fascinating. You do? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't do it anymore, so go ahead and judge me if you want to. I'm not judging. Not you. Me. I'm just, I'm kind of talking to the listeners. The, you know who does not judge? Who? The listeners. This this helps them, you know, whether they are themselves. Oh, I should tell it. them some of the incredible things. Now that I told them I experienced crack. Yeah. I should tell them some of the awesome things that's going on. Tell them some of the awesome should things. Should I? Yeah. Well, let's see. I recently performed at Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. and that was awesome. I had to fly into Boston and then take a, fl- a, a nine-seat plane into the island. Yeah, see, yeah, I've only taken the boat in there. Oh, really? Yeah. You took the ferry? Yeah. I took the ferry coming back. Yeah. But I went ahead and experienced... I, it was raining, and it was nighttime yeah. when I made it in, and it was not... It was. I have to be honest. I w- it was a little scary. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I've I, been in small planes in the rain at night. It's freaking terrifying. It's scary, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about your music, because you're a very accomplished musician, and I want them to know. Um, Tell me about your music career. Well, um, wow, it's a lot to talk about. We're going to condense it. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, let's see if some... It, recently, I, I perform at the House of Blues a lot. Yeah. And I just recently did, for the first time, I did a one-man show that I wrote on Nat King Cole. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just recently did that. Cool. And as a result of that, I actually got booked in Berkeley, California, uh, starting in the middle of January for about three or four weekends to, to run it. And then if it if it works out, then they'll just, you know, we'll just continue, continue it. Great. But that's one of the things that happened recently. And you wrote a one-man show mm-hmm. about Nat King Cole, mm-hmm. and you play Nat King Cole, and you play his music i sing it's mostly how his music affects me and how i resonate with it and how i started singing it Mm -hmm. and what it means to me and what he means to me and that kind of thing i don't actually get the process the way he wore his hair which was a conk he it was called conk like process i don't Mm -hmm. know if you're old enough to know Mm -mm. what i mean but process is like they would put some kind of uh you know, like some kind of texture, something in mm-hmm. the hair to make it look straight. Mm-hmm. And they called it a process. Okay, so you what didn't do be? that. I don't, I don't do know. that. Without this, we're... Not important. Okay. I don't do that. Okay. I'm myself, and I'm, I'm basically, I don't even emulate him. Right. I just have a natural uh, uh, um, timbre in my voice that sounds like Nat King Cole when I sing that style. But I actually write songs, and I do R&B, pop, soul, urban, everything. And we'll link to your website and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My website is called God Made Women Beautiful. I noticed that this morning when I was looking you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's a song I wrote. Yeah. And all that started with the song, being inspired to write a song called God Made Women Beautiful. And that's my way of uh, being of service. You know, we learn in the program mm-hmm. to be of service and I wrote I was inspired to write the song and after I wrote the song I decided to uh, to do a movement mm-hmm. uh, meaning uh, find women that are that I consider beautiful because of their characteristics uh, like mm-hmm. honesty and um, and uh, consideration mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, qualities that it's, it's not about how women look. It's it's really about me trying to remind women that they're beautiful just by uh, by the nature of them being connected to God or being a piece of God, mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. exact. The way I feel is that they're a piece of God. Like if God was an apple mm-hmm. and you take a bite of that apple the woman would be that bite. Mm-hmm. So it would be the still the same elements. Mm-hmm. So it would be impossible to not be beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much about how you look, although you happen to be blessed with look, good looks and have good qualities. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Um, so I would love to sort of couch this in, the, in how sobriety and recovery helped you get these things because I think a lot of people are inspired by the career's you know, sober people are able to build once they clean up, you know? Absolutely. I think just by virtue of not drinking and doing drugs, there's some kind of uh, natural connection that you have. But when you're clear in your thinking, you can make better decisions. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can also make bad decisions yeah. when you're yeah. when you're sober as yeah. well. Yeah. So a part of the process is learning to uh, to use a higher power to to think better. Yeah. Thoughts like we were just talking about. Right. Um, and so so how has sobriety and recovery related to the career success? Well, having the focus and the energy to just go for your dreams. Mm-hmm. I think most of us have dreams, mm-hmm. you know, and then we get... Uh, but let's talk specifically about you rather than generally. Okay. So what happened? So you decided this is what I'm going to do. And at the same time, you were doing drugs and drinking. And did it go that well? Well, no, Well, I came here from Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, after I graduated from college, I came right to Los Angeles about three months later. Mm-hmm. And I came here specifically to pursue a music career. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up getting in SAG and being an actor and probably making doing more acting work than singing originally. But then be, I was doing them both. Yeah. But I felt like uh, 
I needed to stop one mm -hmm. because I didn't feel like I was um, really accomplishing what in, you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Either one trying to do both. Yeah. So I stopped the acting, started back pursuing the music. It worked out. And now I'm pursuing both. Mm -hmm. um, so the question is, how did uh, how did addiction things... affect your goals? Well, it's it, 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 it sidetracked me when I am high mm -hmm. or drunk. I don't go on a stage. Right. You don't. And I don't go on any auditions. Right. I don't, you know, I don't have the mindset or the energy. Mm -hmm. Have I'm, you had things booked that you've had to cancel? Or you just don't even... I just don't even... You don't even engage I don't even go for it. I'm yeah. just just completely yeah. not in it. Yeah. You know? So were you? did you not really pursue it until you got sober? I was pursuing it the whole time. I actually did an album with Henry Nemo uh, during a period where I was trying to stay sober and trying to, um, and using at the same time, but trying to stay sober, mm -hmm. you know, getting 30 days, f five months, seven months, nine months, for a seven-year period before I actually got 10 years. Henry Nemo is a famous songwriter from the 40s. Mm -hmm. Henry Nemo wrote songs like Don't Take Your Love From Me, Tis Autumn, mm -hmm. I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart with Duke Ellington. He wrote for Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. uh, Frank Sinatra, even Nat King Cole. Mm -hmm. Nat, uh, Frank Sinatra made Don't Take Your Love From Me famous. Um, Nat King Cole recorded right. Tis Autumn. So, so he, I would get... You'd make an album with him. Yeah, I made. I, I did uh, an album with him where I sang a few songs on his album mm -hmm. called Mister Mister Nostalgia and Friends. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that, you were struggling with sobriety. What was that like when you were getting thirty days, four months? You know, I didn't kind of know what I was doing. I wasn't sure if I was an alcoholic. I yeah. just, you know, I didn't. I never liked the way I felt after uh, getting drunk. Mm -hmm. I always felt like. I would go three days just kind of getting cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And then somehow, you know, how it goes. So, and, and so what changed when you were able to commit to doing it? Focus. Mm -hmm. Clarity. Mm -hmm. Energy. You have time. You have time. <laughs> you have time. You don't have time to go on auditions or time to write a song when you're drunk and high. Yeah. There's no time. You you need that time to pursue yeah. getting drunk. Some people can. Sounds so... I think some people... Yeah. I, I, I don't know it must be. Yeah, it must be a horrible to do that. Yeah. To be drunk. Yeah. Or high. Yeah. And go on an audition. Or, or even to go in an AA meeting... Yeah. High or drunk. Yeah. You never did that? Never. Yeah. I just think that's that's catatonic. I think that's, I don't even know, I can't even relate to that. No, I can't either. You know? I, I think, it's not that I'm impressed with people that can do that, but I mean, what a horrible thing to, to do. To sit in there and, and hear yeah. about spirituality and God yeah. and know that this is all about not drinking and you're sitting there drunk. Yeah. I mean, my heart goes out enjoyable? to people like I don't, that, you know? I was a kind of a fun drunk you were i wanted to laugh and have fun is it so were you always what were some of the kind of fun things you did did it stay fun socially smoke crack yeah i mean seriously <laughs> did it stay fun once the crack was in it that's a pretty solitary activity that's there's nothing remotely fun about crack yeah right there's nothing fun about crack. So when you say you were a fun drunk. Well, drunk when okay. I was drinking, but yeah. after, after, you know, you want to take it to another level after you get drunk. Yeah. You know, there must be another party. There yeah. must be a party after the party. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Whoa. After party. Yeah. Where's the after party is where I, what I want to know. And if there's not, let's just make one. We're in the after party. We're in but the after so, party. But back then you were going, where's the after party? Oh, okay. And were you doing the drugs alone at the end? No, I would go to the after hours. Uh, yeah. There is an after hours that I discovered. Uh, you, you find what you need. Yeah, I found some after hours back in the day. On, I would find them on Hollywood Boulevard. Right oh, near yeah. here, kind of. Oh, actually. yeah, yeah. yeah there, it's probably the same one I knew about. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would have tried to hit on you probably if I was in after hours. I, you know, when I would go to the, I mean, it was like the den of iniquity. You could do drugs openly. Upstairs? Nobody was cared. it a, upstairs? Yeah, was it a Thai I, restaurant? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But so, so you would go to the after hours and you would do the drugs. And then would you feel horrible? When I, it was Coke. Yeah. It was cocaine. Yeah. We would do cocaine. Yeah. And so it hadn't really gotten that bad yet uh-huh. with the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're always, I always, I'm so sensitive probably because I'm an artist or whatever. Yeah. I'm so sensitive. I'm always aware of everything around me. Like, you know, what's he doing and what, what are they doing? You, you can't, you're not really enjoying this. Right. Because you're too hyper alert of, Everyone if, you're, if you're like me, you're just like, if I would talk to people, I would really talk more than them, yeah. but I was assessing them while I was talking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think you're probably that way. I'm still like that. <laughs> you know? That's hilarious. So, so that's what you were doing. Yeah, just and then, talking, and, but, but observing yeah. how they're reacting to my talking a lot. Yeah. Making them think I didn't know what I was doing. Making them think you didn't know what... Making them think that I was talking and I was really, really into what I was saying. But in reality, I was just trying... I was trying to distract them just to observe them. It was some wizard kind of bullshit twisted... Was it about (laughs) making sure they liked you? Like trying to control that? Well, that was... That's interesting that you said that. If I was to like be as honest as I can, I would say... That, it, it, you know, yeah, I wanted them to like me, but I also wanted to know if they were criminal types or if they were there to just have fun. Uh-huh. It, it's just a lot going on a lot in going this on. brain. Were they usually criminal types? Well, just I mean, you, gotta cons- you have to factor in if you're doing cocaine yeah. Yeah. with strangers. Yeah. The possibilities are open. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But so your brain is going, um, you know, I don't know if your brain ever did this, but it would, mine would go, okay, they know. Well, not with the people I'm doing it with, but when I was around people who were not doing it with me, oh my God, they know I'm high. They're thinking I'm high. They think I'm such a freak. Oh my God, I am such a freak. Like, did you have that? Probably all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's easy to have. That's, that's all paranoia. (laughs) Yeah. That's all paranoia and it's all bullshit mixed in. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like, whatever. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, you know, if I wanted to make myself look good, I would go, no, I didn't do that, Anna. I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, right. But we're not here to make ourselves look good while we're talking, are we? I think that alcoholics and addicts care a lot often about looking good. You know, and, and this this, I think what narcissism can be, and I think narcissism is one of the telltale symptoms of alcoholism are common characteristic among, among alcoholics, you know, is that narcissism involves not just like I'm thinking about me, but I'm thinking about what you're thinking about me, you know? <laughs> There's this great line in Beaches, which is an underrated movie where Bette Midler goes, enough about me. What do you think of me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's and, a that's, funny line. and that's so kind of what it can be about, again, without sort of trying to connect with something larger than ourselves. Right, and the principle behind the first step happens to be honesty, and what I think that means is self honesty yeah i mean it means before I tell you something, I need to actually be honest with myself about what I'm telling you, yeah, so I can not be delusional, yeah. which is another common uh, characteristic yes, yeah, and how do you know over time in sobriety, do you find yourself? more able to be honest with yourself and with others? Yeah, because uh, I progress- progressively become more aware that, are you being honest right now, Aaron? Yeah. I'm not trying to be an angel. Yeah. But, I, you know, there's a lot of progress and a lot of productivity in being honest for some reason. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, without being honest, self-honest your your life is just a lie really right what you say to people how you behave the way you walk the way you dress if you are dressing because you think this is what they'll like yeah that's delusional yeah because you don't know what someone's gonna like yeah yeah 
Yeah, and it's it's tough if you sort of fancy yourself a mind reader, which I find many of us do, <laughs> right? Right, which is like, del- delusional once yeah, again. Yeah, we think we excel in figuring out what other people are thinking when, like, the truth is true relief comes from thinking about them, not thinking about what they're thinking about us. Right. I mean, that's the whole purpose of what we do in recovery and sponsoring people, you know, getting our minds off of our narcissism. Right. It says when all else fails, help with another alcoholic is, yeah. is the big deal. Yeah. So those, so, so you had 10 years and then what happened? You know what? Something really interesting. But I found out this time mm-hmm. that it that it was it was alcoholism. Mm-hmm. But it but none. Oh, you started to hate everybody. I not 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 necessarily hate everybody. It was remote. It was close to that. But what it was was tired of everyone suffering from a hundred forms of fear. Yeah. Right. That's that's just what we do. That's mm-hmm. a part of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. We suffer from a hundred forms of fear. Mm-hmm. Well. When I would walk into the rooms mm-hmm. from five to ten years, I would be like, really, do you want to keep doing this your whole life, Aaron? You just want to go to a meeting every day mm-hmm. for an hour, hour and a half, maybe two mm-hmm. times a day. Is that going to be your mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. where everybody's complaining about their lives? Because I was a metaphysical dude. Mm-hmm. I like Louise L. Hay and the Dalai Lama and Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and... And, you know, Conversations with God is yeah. my Bible. Yeah. Even right now. Yeah. Um, so I was into, do you want to be a self-fulfilling prophecy? Do you want to continue to talk about what's negative about your life and then just live that reality? So right. So I thought I knew something. Because that is not my experience in 12-step at all. It's not that people are complaining. At all. I mean, it's all perception. But I think people are, you know, solving. Yeah, well, we were going to the different meetings. Yeah. Well, no, not <laughs> we really. Were going, we were going to one same meeting. And that, that we was knew. all about solutions. But to my mind. To your mind. Well, you're lucky. And yeah. therein lies why you may be. So still, far. Yeah. Still yeah. Yeah. Clean and sober. Yeah. And I Took only break. have six. Just over six years. Well, so you started to think that everybody was complaining and everybody was a nightmare and you didn't want to be doing that the rest of your life, right? Right. And so you said... I'm out of here. Yeah. Fuck this. I'm, you know, and I told my friends that had the same amount of time as me around 10 years and Mm -hmm. they would go, whatever, dude, you're just... I said, man, I'm telling you, I'm not going back to AA. Yeah. And, you know, if I drink... I'm not I'm not going to drink that much because I don't care about drinking anymore like I used to. Right. It's not that big a deal. It's yeah. not like I'm drinking to get drunk. Yeah. So I'll drink a quarter of a glass of champagne to hang with my friends mm-hmm. at Birds on Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go to Birds? Well, I've just eaten a lot of chicken there. I never drank there. <laughs> Birds was a great place to go and, and have fun. Yeah, People. that's a little alcoholic street, that little strip, right? Well. Lots of places to drink right there. Yeah. So what happened with your idea about having just a quarter of a glass of champagne? How quickly did that dissolve? Well, in three days, it went to a half a glass, and in a week, a glass, in two weeks, two glasses, in a month, a a bottle, and in two months, two bottles, and then in two months, I got tired of champagne, and I started drinking beer. In Mm -hmm. three months, four months more beer, got tired of beer, I drank whiskey five months, whiskey six months. Well, that's when I found the after hours. It was the proper time. Yeah. Six months, six, seven months. After hours, cocaine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if I needed to socially smoke crack, I, I did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so how aware were you that maybe this had not been a good idea and that maybe to leave and maybe there was a problem? Were you aware of that while this was happening or were you like, no, I'm handling this? I had graduated to writing as opposed to fearless because my sponsor had me from two years to like five years write my fears as a 10 step mm-hmm. every thought that I had that was a fear mm-hmm. I would write God at the top of the page and write I have fear that blah 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 mm-hmm. in a whole page mm-hmm. or whatever in the day I'm in mm-hmm. and then write God please remove these fears I did that for two to three years mm-hmm. 
while you were drinking? No, when I was sober. Yeah, yeah, while yeah. I was sober. So so at five years, I had an emotional breakdown mm-hmm. because I'm sponsoring guys. I'm writing gratitude lists. I'm meditating. I'm mm-hmm. doing all this. And I still didn't think my life was moving forward. Mm-hmm. So at five years, I started not liking AA as much. And But so during those years that you were out, how aware were you that... I was only out for nine months. Okay, yeah, sorry. So during yeah. those nine months... Were you like, oh, this is not working? No, I got a DUI. So you thought it was working until you got the DUI? Uh, at about seven, eight, nine months, I started realizing that you were not socially not... smoking crack anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, was it hard to come back? <laughs> This is a very intimate story uh, that happened. Okay. All right. Yeah. You don't. Ha- you just keep it. Keep it vague. Then. I witnessed something um, with police officers uh-huh. that was a straight out clear sign that I needed to go back. Okay. And I did the next day. Right. It was a DUI, but what happened was completely over and above the normal DUI. the call of duty right like they had they pulled guns out because did i feel like i know this story a little bit like they chased you like well, you no. ran from well, them no no it wasn't the police that i ran from i was i took a leak on santa monica and highland uh-huh. in a, at six in the morning uh-huh. after leaving that fa- infamous after hours that i told you yeah about. yeah and uh i, I no one was there mm-hmm or at least I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see anyone. Mm-hmm. But there was a lady in the car next to mine mm-hmm. in the passenger seat. You pulled over to park. I pulled over and I, I went between two cars yeah, against the wall. Yeah. And I, I looked around, mm-hmm. but I was still slightly buzzed, so I guess I didn't, see I wasn't her. observant enough. Yeah. And she got out of the car and went ballistic. Yeah. You would have thought I raped her or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's horrible to say. I would no. never do something like Obviously. that. Obviously. Obviously. Um, but I said, ma'am, I didn't see you. And she was like, speaking sound like in a foreign language because she was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. Right. I was like, I didn't see you. Right. So by that time, um, some security guards came out of the building because they heard the commotion. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, oh, cool, these guys are coming. I'll just tell them this lady is overreacting. <laughs> so I rolled my window, window down, and as soon as I rolled the window down, they pepper sprayed me. Oh, wow. With some cayenne pepper. Right. I rolled the window back up and took off. Okay. They chased me in their truck. Right. Now right. I'm being chased by two maniac Hispanic security guards. security guards wannabe cops. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, this is absolute bullshit. They got sticks. Yeah. They're, they want to kill me. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm about to die because I took a leak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a little mini mall. Yeah. And so at some point I said, this is complete and utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm going home. But by the time I made that decision, the police were behind them mm-hmm. and they were behind me. Mm-hmm. Like out of some Barney Fife, mm-hmm. you know, like Andy Griffith show or right, something. Right, right. So I just go in my driveway. Yeah. A, you know, a friend of ours is, is my neighbor. <laughs> I know that. So I know where I can picture your driveway because I've been to her place many times. Yeah. So thank God I didn't say her name. Yeah. I was good. Oh, she writes. She's like one of the main writers for the site. So you Well, but you just don't, you don't want to okay. say that. Okay. Don't. She doesn't care. Go on. Okay. So anyway, so I go, they, the police, they jump out of the cars and they got guns out. Wow. And I'm thinking, what? And so they say, get on the ground. And I go, no, I'm not getting on the ground. I'm going to my house. I was pepper sprayed unnecessarily. You don't know what happened. I don't know what you have guns out for. I'm going to my house. And I went in my house. Mm-hmm. And um, my girlfriend at the time was there. And yeah. it was 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. She wake up to like yeah. 
police officers all around the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them told her that I had hit people and killed people. And it was oh so horrendous. Her knees buckled. Yeah. And she just thought, oh, he's gone for life. Yeah. Right? None of that was true. Yeah. So they, so she talked me into going out because it would be worse. And I went out. Yeah. And they gave me the so-called test, you know, touch your nose. Yeah. Stand on one foot. They said, uh, Mr. Akins, you passed that, but we have to take you in to get a breathalyzer. Mm-hmm. Right. And they said, but we're going to take you to the hospital and get your eyes flushed out first. Okay. Because I told them, look, I am a professional. I am an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I am, I, you know, I, to, I was told yeah. them all, I was like. Play at the House of Blues? I do all this. I, I had on like. A thousand dollar boots. I'm like, but they knew, they knew that I wasn't just a, yeah, a, you know, a scumbag. Yeah. Um. So I went out. Blah blah blah. They, um, I went to uh, the hospital for a couple hours, which probably made my my blood level go not be as high. Yeah. Because I blew a, a point one one. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I. I didn't really go to jail, but I had to stay in the holding tank for like five hours. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. But that was enough for me to go, all righty then. Yeah. You have to go back to AA. Yeah. You have to go back to AA, my friend. And and we, we need to wrap up, but how is it different? How is it different now? Yeah. Oh, my God. How is AA different now? Yeah. What's different now, and that's a brilliant question. Thank you. Is that I have learned to listen but not only with this warped mind, but with a power. Yeah, like we started with. Like We've we started with. This is full circle. It's yeah. a brilliant way to end. Yeah. I read with the power. I yeah. read the big book with the power. Matter of fact, I read all my books with the power. Yeah. And I try to talk to this power. Here's the, the, the most one of the most important things, but I have several mm-hmm. that I learned this time as opposed to last time, is that I need a relationship with this power. Mm-hmm. Because it's only, this program is only based on a daily reprieve contingent on our spiritual maintenance. Yeah. So I need a relationship, not just like if you and I, I know you a little better just because you and I have just talked. Yeah. You know, a little bit more than normal. Than we have, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I know a little bit more about you. Yeah. And if we continue to talk, I'll know even more. I'll know how you respond to questions, how you ask questions, how you respond to questions. Right. That's the way God operates. Right. I have to ask God. I have to listen to God. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think I know how he's going to respond. Yeah. What's good for you may not be what he wants for me. Yeah. It's a very unique relationship. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I learned is to have a relationship. There are some other big ones. We probably don't have time to... To go, well, that, yeah, but that—that's an awesome note to end on. So, Aaron, thank you so much for coming in to do this. It's been fun. It's thank we you. we now know each other better. We know each other better, and that's a good. And the listeners now that's know a good you thing too. For me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was Aaron Akins. This was After Party Pod. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Come to the site, After Party Chat. You can get it there, and you can get a lot more. So, uh, thanks so much for listening. See you next time.